of the Saints Wire of Tulane Football, the voice of the New Orleans Jesters, public address announcer for Pan American Stadium. She is alongside today along with Jordan, the graduate. We had uh, we kind of bounced around in hour number one. We talked NBA Finals as the Boston Celtics now have a two-games-to-one lead over the Golden State Warriors. 116-100 was the final score last night as the Celtics are up two games to one. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Marcus Smart have done something that has not happened since the Laker dynasty. And if you don't know what that means, just uh, go watch Winning Time on HBO. Um, they had three players that went 25-5, and five, at least 20 points, five rebounds, five assists. That has not been done since Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and Michael Cooper. That's pretty awesome. Last night, Tatum, 28 points, 6 rebounds, 9 assists. Jalen Brown, 27 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists. And Marcus Smart, who I cringe every time he shoots the basketball, went 24 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists. And again, congratulations to Draymond Green, who had a triple single. 2 points, 4 rebounds, and 3 assists. He actually had more fouls than points. He had six fouls and two points. That's not good. My favorite graphic ever was the one where Clay Thompson fouled out, and it's just a picture of him smiling like a goon on the bench. It's like zero points, something, something, fouled out, and he's just sitting there. <laughs> I noticed, Maddie, that you uh, you put out a tweet at the end of the game when basically the benches were cleared, and they showed Steph and Clay uh, with, with, hood, yes, with the towels over the heads basically saying, I think we're going to have to go get him on Friday. <laughs> I mean, they looked like they were wearing dunce caps, and Dad said, no more TV after 9, and they're sitting there on the bench together. But yep. Well, again, that's a them problem, but they are in the finals, and you got to give them that because they weren't even in the playoffs the last couple of years, uh, and they were able to get to the finals this year. Now they were pretty much intact. So we've talked about that. We've talked Pelicans offseason. We'll get more in-depth with the Pelicans at the top of the 2 o'clock hour when Ali Cosell, the editor-in-chief of the Bird Rights, joins us via phone. And we have also talked Saints OTAs. Uh, this week's OTA is wrapped up. Dennis Allen just talked to the media. We're going to hear some sound bites from him very shortly as Jordan, the graduate, still doing intern stuff, yet he is a graduate, has cut the sound up immediately. Well done, Jordan. Thank I mean, you, you have you. not lost your touch, even though you're not a student anymore. No, I appreciate that. I always got to continue doing the job, even if it's small. No matter how small the job is. Uh, your check is in the mail, and I've got an idea that it's not going to be much. No, it's, you know, I, at least I get some food here at Katie's. <laughs> and a glass that's, of water. That's called trade <laughs> in the in the business. I'm happy with some food. Yes, we are live at Katie's here, 3701 Iberville. Come on out. Uh, we just had the initial lunch rush. That's kind of cleared out a little bit, and now people are waiting outside in the heat to get in. So, again, this is a wonderful joint. We hope Scott Craig joins us very soon. Uh, here at Katie's, but uh, we're going to get back to the Saints OTAs because Jordan, again, uh, we have just found, we just got the sound from Dennis Allen and Maddie. You and I were talking in the first hour. One of the most very, very curious things that we're all waiting to see next week during mandatory minicamp is will Michael Thomas take the field for the first time at the Oscar Sports Performance Center uh, during those open practices, and will we see him out in the field? Don't know, but we do know this. Dennis Allen 
talked about Michael Thomas. Yeah, I'm good with, with Mike Thomas's. I would much rather him be 100% healthy and out here and all those kinds of things, but that's not where we're at right now. He is busting his tail to get himself ready to go, um, and I feel like he's making significant progress. I think, I think mentally he's in a great pl- place, um, and, and you know, again, we're just going to let that process play out um, and and get him healthy. And look, we have we have a long time to go before we play a game, um, and so. Um, you know, again, I'll get back to that huge jump thing. I'm not looking for a huge jump. I just want to see him keep getting a little bit better every day. What do you say? All right, interesting there. We'll talk about that in just a second. More yeah, a, lot, yeah a, a bunch of people have been talking about it. Just Michael Thomas, you know, he's had trouble with, you know, social media, what happened, you know, a couple seasons back, getting in potentially a fight in the locker room. So Dennis Allen was asked, where is he mentally right now? Well, look, that'd be that'd be unfair for me to really characterize because I don't know that I had that type of relationship with him uh, prior to this. Um, I had my own issues that I was uh, concerning myself with uh, the last few years. So um, I, I just like his mentality. Um, I like the way he's attacking his rehab. I like the way that he's his mind is in terms of you know coming back and, and, and performing at a high level. All right, Maddie. I, that's a lot to unpack. I, I'm just—I <laughs> don't even know where to start. Okay, no. Let's just let's get back to Michael Thomas. Yeah. I, now, according to what we just heard, I would not expect to see him out on the field next week. Now, would we see him maybe on the side? Well, that's what I was about okay. to say. I, I do think so. Um, and before I, I didn't know that he had followed up on that, but what stuck out to me in that first clip that he played was his comment about you know i think he's in a good place mentally i think we were both a little uh, thrown off by the uh, comment about him being consumed by his own issues these last few years i don't know if he's you know alluding to his own mental health or the fact that you know michael thomas was a wide receiver and he was the defensive coordinator uh that wasn't you know it could be either of those uh, i thought that he was very i liked the way that he said it's unfair for me to characterize you know his, his mental health but I think that is something that gets lost in the shuffle. It's something that you could bring up, you know, with Clay Thompson as well. I think there's a psychology of injury. Think about Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck mm-hmm. is a paramount example of that. Uh, and it, it seems like whatever there, you know, was in the past has, you know, been kind of worked through. And, you know, just to kind of hear how Dennis Allen talks about Michael Thomas comparative to kind of what the conversation was around him last year where, you know, there was some grievance and there was, you know, some communication issues and, it seems like there have been some strides, you know, made in that aspect. And, I mean, I do think it helps that, you know, the guy that he uh, was, you know, working out with for the last year uh, and his, you know, little buddy from Ohio State got drafted to the team and then they brought in Jarvis Landry. It's kind of like yep. bringing in Mark Ingram for Alvin Kamara, bringing in Quan Alexander for Demario Davis. You know, that morale boost almost can really mean a lot because I do personally think that Michael Thomas was one of the people that missed Drew Brees the most. It- that's that's a great take right there, and it, it's just interesting when you think about the parallels going back last year, having been at media day for both the Saints and the Pelicans, where Mickey Loomis comes out on media day and says, uh, oh, by the way, um, Michael Thomas has not had surgery yet and won't be here. Well, I think it was that he had surgery, but they had had it it, like in June, and we're like, what? That, and then we find out at Pelicans Media Day that Zion was not going to be. Footgate, yeah. So, but think of those two, okay? And again, the parallel is 
uncanny. It's uncanny because now you're getting Michael Thomas back and you're getting Zion Williamson back and you're, it's like you're signing two free agents, but they're already on your team. That's it's incredible. And, and something that was like left out of that, you know, they broke that record last year for having, you know, the NFL uh, 57 starters. Correct. Will Lutz and Michael Thomas didn't even count in that because they never played that season. So they weren't even included in that. That's something we can also get into, but I remember looking back and I so, I truly believe that they would have made the playoffs last season if Will Lutz had been the kicker for the team. But yeah, you just think about where we were last year with the wide receiver group and, you know, there was a lot of criticism as to the Saints not picking up wide receivers last year. Then you think of the fact that Marshawn Lattimore was potentially facing suspension at that time. Ken Crawley got injured. Patrick Robinson retired and we didn't know anything about Paulson and Devo at that point, you know, there was no reason to think that he would play the way that he did. And so, you know, you could kind of understand how they prioritized that position last year. But to see them really recoup that on the wide receiver end, you know, Michael Thomas is is a huge boost being out there. But it's almost like it's okay if he's not because it seems like they're in con- communication. Right. And I, I agree. There's no need to rush out Michael Thomas for minicamp. It's not like he needs to work with Jameis Winston. He's the first look for every single backup that's ever played in relief for Drew the last couple seasons, yep. Jameis included. And, and, you know, his precision, his route running, and his sure hands, you don't need that much time to mold that. So uh, I agree with Dennis Allen. I think that it's a positive message more so than kind of the more cryptic. There's been some setbacks a couple months ago that was kind of like, okay, well, what does that mean? But, you know, seeing him out there for OTAs just running is a lot. And the thing about Michael Thomas also, and you've never watched him practice, he treats every rep like it is the Super Bowl. There's no question about that. He is just as hard a practice player as he is a player in the game. So it's going to be very, very great to see him out there. As we transition again on the injury front, Marcus Mays, who is a free agent signee, came over from the New York Jets, who is going to play the safety position he is working off an Achilles injury so he has not been out there but Dennis Allen gives an update on Marcus Mays um yeah I think again you know he, he's progressing you know I mean every day he's getting just a little bit better um I guess that's with anybody that's going through rehab I think all of our guys are continuing to get a little bit better I don't know when that magical date is that everybody's 100% healthy uh but they're all uh, yeah, they're all making progress. You know, the thing about rehab, and it is it is so down to a science now, whether you tear an ACL or an Achilles, the technology is so good, the rehab, it's it's all, it's literally down to the day, the hour, what the, the progress, the prog- progression is going to be on a day-in and day-out basis. So you have a pretty good idea of where you're going to be. And we've seen players come back a lot sooner than others. Again, it's a, it's a case by case basis, but the rehab itself is just so scientifically perfect now. It, you see most guys come back 100%. Oh yeah, and I, I mean, I think it, I, if I remember correctly, he tore his ACL sometime in, it was either in December or he had the surgery in December, but either way, it just put him on a good timetable. I did notice that he's working, I believe, with Dr. His name is Reef. Uh, it's Alvin Kamara's trainer. It's the one who worked with Quan Alexander when he tore his Achilles last year. And he was one of those very surprising examples of getting back on the field the, fr- the following season when that's almost unbelievable. Uh, so I am confident that 
even if he might not start the season, which I don't think there is any indication at this point, it's a long season. And it's a long season with a very late bye week for this team. (laughs) So if someone can't start the season and they can come in in week four, then that might be a welcome addition. But uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson did this bit with Brooke Kirchhofer on WWL where he brought up a good point with Marcus May that you really can't look at his work with the Jets because, I mean, no offense, it's the Jets. And when you're playing safety... It's different from playing defensive back where you're just in a one-on-one battle. You have to communicate. You have to set the alignment and, and work with your teammates who might not understand what's happening at all times. But when I looked at his film a while back, I saw a lot of things I liked. And he's a leader back there. And that's, again, something that they really need. Uh, and, and so him alongside Matthew. And then there's Justin Evans, who we don't really know much about, but I'm intrigued by him. And it's just very crazy that a couple you know months ago, safety was this huge question mark. And a lot of people predicted that they signed Matthew, but... You can't really bank on that, but also it's just kind of funny how everything seemed to have fallen very well into place. Yeah, we're going to see how it all works out again. Mandatory minicamp next week, Thursday, uh, Tuesday, Thursday. I don't even know what day it is again. Tuesday, this is, they teach you this in kindergarten. Tuesday, Wednesday. Might be preschool. And Thursday. Well, my kid's going into kindergarten next year, so he will learn days of the week. So I'm going to say pre-K four. That's when they teach. Congratulations. To Fred McAfee and Devery Henderson, they were just chosen for the New Orleans Saints Hall of Fame. So Fast Freddie, who was in the building every day, uh, loved to see him. He is now going into the Hall of Fame, the New Orleans Saints. And I could probably say, along with Dalton Hilliard, my favorite former, I don't say former LSU Tiger favorites very often, but my favorite former LSU Tiger, New Orleans Saint, Devery Henderson, is also I going in. Devery Henderson. He Devery. was one of my favorite players when mm, I was mm, growing mm. up. Congratulations to those two. All right, we're going to switch gears. We're going to talk a little Tulane baseball. Of course, I did Tulane baseball on the radio for 27 years, so uh, I've got a kind of a vested interest in this. Uh, new baseball coach was named last week, Jay Ullman, who was the interim coach. He was Travis Jewett's top assistant. Of course, Coach Jewett was relieved of duty about a month ago. Coach Ullman coached the rest of the way, and he was elevated to head coach. So, Gary Smith, NOLA.com, advocate, covers the Tulane Greenway. We're going to talk to him about the Tulane baseball coaching hire when we come back. Todd Graffinini, Matty Hudak, Jordan the Graduate, live at Katie's. We're 37-01 Iberville in the heart of Mid-City. We'll talk a little Tulane baseball when we come back. It is the Sports Hangar on ESPN 100.3 FM. Hey, Mike Davis here. Looking for your next new vehicle? Come check us out at Golden Motors. Price is priority. Come place your very own order or choose what is in stock or coming in. Many 2022 Silverado trucks and SUVs to choose from. New vehicles are here on the way. Chevy, find new roads. And if you're looking for that slightly pre-owned or any make and model vehicle, we have it in our huge selection or don't see it, we can get it. Just stop by on the back road and cut off or call us at 985-325-1000. Hi, I'm Mike Gwynn with Gwynn Auction Company, and I'd like to invite you all to our upcoming public equipment and vehicle auction this Saturday, June 11th at 10 a.m. in Jennings, Louisiana. This auction will feature late model Caterpillar equipment, excavators, dozers, farm equipment, vehicles, and much more. To view our inventory, go to GwynnAuctions.com. When searching for us on maps, simply search Gwynn Auction Company. That's this Saturday, June 11th at 10 a.m. in Jennings, Louisiana. RTC, ETEL, and Vision have always led the way in communications. A network built for every possibility. Internet, TV, voice, and security. And now we're moving faster than ever before. 
propelling us forward into the future. That's what we call revolution. And the revolution is closer than you think. RTC, Etel, and Vision are now Rev. New name, same company. Learn more at Let'sRev.com. As a leader in the oil and gas industry, Joe's Septic Contractors caters to oil field clients offering vacuum truck service for offshore tanks, vessels, or treatment plants containing sewage or gray water. Their rental department offers state-of-the-art offshore portable toilets, also holding tank rentals and portable hand-washing stations. Call Joe's Septic Contractors 24-7-985-632-5592 in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fushaw, Abbeville, and Reserve, or visit their website at joesseptic at viscom.net. What would you say you do here? Sports. sports. All day long. Hello, sports fans. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Sports Hangover, Todd Graffinini, Matty Hudak filling in for Gus Kattengau, who right now is in our nation's capital. His flight to Burlington, Vermont has been canceled. So I'm hoping we hear from Gus sometime in the 2 o'clock hour to give a travel update. I've already gotten the selfie of Gus's head and his small hands uh, in despair. So we'll see if Gus can make it to Vermont for his, uh, I want to say it's nephew's graduation. I don't know if it's nephew or niece, but I know his ne- one of them is graduating uh, high school, and that's why he's heading up to Vermont where his sister lives. So there's your Gus Kattengill update. Uh, 1-800-998-1003. We're live at Katie's 3701 Iberville in the heart of Mid City. Well, yesterday the news came down that Tulane has promoted their interim head coach for baseball, Jay Ullman. He is now the head coach. And to talk about that, I know he addressed the media yesterday, did Coach Ullman, but uh, someone who's around the team every day covers them for NOLA.com, and the advocate is Gary Smith. Gary, how you doing, my man? Haven't talked in a while, and uh, it's yep. good that you're on to, to talk about this today because. It's going to be an interesting conversation because I've got some questions for you. It, yeah, um, shoot. <laughs> no, it, it was it was a definitely a surprising hire from 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 my end, just because just historically that just doesn't happen when a coaching staff gets fired um, um, without making a regional to then go back and hire one of the assistants on the staff. Just that's virtually unprecedented. Um, Jay Ullman is a terrific guy. Um, he's got a lot of good qualities, and and he certainly recruited really well this past year. Um, so so we'll we'll see how it works out. No question about it. And look, Gary, first before we get into Coach Ullman, I know you saw pretty much every game as I did. Mm-hmm. You know, Tulane baseball. Yeah. I, I I would probably say I love more than the Saints. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I'm a New Orleanian. I love the New Orleans Saints more than anything. But I live Tulane baseball and breathed it uh, for more than half my life so i'm pretty invested in that what did you see on your end that went wrong this year that ultimately ultimately led to the dismissal of coach jewett well the the reality is they just didn't win enough um this year i'd say the problem was in was inconsistency in terms of effort um this was a team that won a huge series against mississippi state and yeah yeah i know mississippi state tanked in the second half of the year but that had a lot to do with their own injuries um and then they go the next weekend and get swept at home by by evansville um they win a huge series against east carolina to pull into a tie for first place an east carolina team that has lost once since that series twice since that series total and uh then they go on the road and are completely lifeless in a game at south alabama that they needed to win at the time because they needed to win every game to give themselves an at-large um 
chance. And, and then, then, they, then the injuries hit after that, and, and, and people, I mean, they, they were decimated by injuries in the last yeah. couple few weeks of the year, but they weren't really, they were a borderline at best regional team before then. And, and, and But it mainly what I saw was just the inconsistency. They looked really good one day and then just completely no-showed, and that ultimately does go back to the coaching when you when that happens repeatedly. Yeah, and you, you kind of took the words out of my mouth. And, look, i, I got to be honest. Again, I watched pretty much every game, and mm-hmm. sometimes it was tough to watch. I, I, mm-hmm. I just The inconsistency was yep. there. Um, that, like you said, looked good one game, and the next game you didn't even – think it was the same team mm-hmm. um it, it 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 was tough and look i will go back and say you talked about the injuries the ninth mm-hmm. inning of the friday game in orlando really uh-huh. was the season uh yeah. you lose ethan groff and you lose zach devito in one inning your top your closer in one inning so and, and look I, as i mentioned the day it happened I, i'm good friends with travis jewett I respect I him highly, um, <laughs> mm-hmm. but the bottom line is he did not win enough. I, I just feel for him because in 2020, it real now everybody had to deal mm-hmm. with this, but that was as good a Tulane baseball team as we have seen since the sure? 2016 Jake Rogers, Stefan Alamace, the whole mm-hmm. deal. You know that was in Oxford. That was a regional host team that got cut short because of COVID. They had it all that year. And, I, you know, it, it's just a very unfortunate break for Travis Hewitt, who had to deal with the injuries as well this year. Yeah, no, I mean, the way Braden Noltoff was pitching that year, I mean, yeah, I hear people say, well, it was a short sample size, and they tend to not play well in the second half. He was freaking awesome hey, hey, in those hey, starts. Hey. He was going to pitch that way the entire year. They were going to have the best or one of the best two or three pitchers in the country on the team. They had depth. They were hitting. Um, they, they had confidence. They weren't showing the inconsistency that they've had in every other year. Um, I, I agree with you there totally. <laughs> you know, the thing, the thing about that, that 2020 team was, and, and I've seen the best teams in Tulane baseball history, and when you have that, you have it all. You've got mm-hmm. the upperclassmen. You've got the, you've got the freshmen that contribute. You're not expecting them yep. to carry the team. You had the dominant pitching. And look, Oltoff pitched without a doubt in my mind, top five pitch game in the history of Tulane baseball when he went to Fullerton and absolutely uh-huh. stuffed them. Uh, yep. two hit shutouts, 16 strikeouts and no walk. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. to, to do it in that ballpark, I've never, I'd never seen anything like it. And, uh, mm-hmm. again, it was just unfortunate. Uh, we're talking with Gary Smith who covers the Tulane baseball team. Uh, they, they had uh, Jay Ullman yesterday address the media. Now, I will mm-hmm. say this. Um, you know, I I don't know Coach Ullman as well as I would because he came in after I left being the voice of the right. wave. I've, I've been with the Pelicans now for three years. So I don't know him as well personally as I've known most of the other coaches during my time. But I, I can tell you this. He was on Gus's show yesterday at 1 o'clock. I mm-hmm. know he addressed the media yesterday. And as far as the interview and what he said at the press conference, the man hit it out of the ballpark. So that that's that's one thing that uh, that Tulane fans can can be happy about is is the guy knows what he's doing. There's no question about that. Yeah, there isn't, and, and that was obviously an area where where Travis Jewett fell short. Now I, I get defensive on that front with him because I think the people who knew him well really like him um, fans did not because he did not interview well. Um, he, he he kind of his his 
when he talked, it was kind of a word salad where you had to try to figure out what he was actually saying a lot of a lot of times and and, and stuff like that. Jay Ullman, very confident. I mean, he he started off yesterday by talking about Tulane got the right man for the job, um, and 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 he knew all along he was the right guy. Um, he he. He know he's going to do a lot of the stuff that Travis Jewett did not do, uh, partially because he had such a negative reaction from the start from from his hiring because people wanted a Tulane guy, <laughs> and and Travis Jewett wasn't that when he arrived. So he Jay Allman's going to do all the little things that had slipped in, in in the program the last few years. But ultimately, as we both know, it comes down to winning and consistency. And we don't know with him. I'm, he, he may he he may be the right guy for for that. We'll we'll start finding out next year. Well, we're, we're First, we'll start start finding out when if he can convince a lot of these guys mm-hmm. that entered the transport portal to come back because this is a I mean this team has just been completely decimated the entire just about every player who is anybody has entered the portal and they like Jay Ullman it, 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 as he said a lot of it comes down to what kind of offers are they getting from other teams and, and what those schools are but if he can re recruit those guys and get them back into the program they have enough talent on this roster to make a run next year. Well, that leads into the next question, and we're talking with Gary Smith, who covers the Tulane baseball team and Tulane football and basketball, for that matter, on a daily basis, NOLA.com, and for The Advocate. And, and my final question to you, Gary, and then I'm going to turn it over mm-hmm. to Maddie, who's got a couple of football questions for you. But, look, they had a fantastic freshman class this year. Jackson Lynn hit 353. Mm-hmm. You saw Brady Marquette hit some huge home runs earlier. Yep. And, of course, the, the emergence uh, of T.O. Banks in the last right. couple of weeks of the season. So, yes, there's a lot to build on there. But here's here's the concern. And I heard I, mm-hmm. I was told names that were being interviewed, and I was, hey, you know, this is going to be good mm-hmm. and everything. The caveat is this. If you're hiring Jay Ullman to keep guys out of the portal – then what happens if the guys remain in the portal and he doesn't re-recruit them? That exactly. is the concern. And again, I don't think there's any doubt that the man can coach, but mm-hmm. if he's being hired to keep guys there, then what happens if the guys don't come back? I, I agree with you totally, and, and, and he even admitted it's, it's no lock. <laughs> Just because he's hired, that doesn't mean all of these guys are, 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 are coming back. Um, yeah, Tulane... You have to pay to play at Tulane. It's more expensive than a lot of other programs. Um, and now in the era, era of nil, that's a, that, that's another factor. Um, yeah, the, the next couple of weeks are going to be huge uh, for him because this is a team. If all of those guys had stayed in the portal, this was going to this was going to be a team that looked like Rice next year, where Rice is just completely disintegrated and is you know is losing to every right. you know, going like. 15 and 40. Um, they, they need, I mean, because they've got, they've got 16 guys in the portal, and I'd say they're probably their five best players. Tulane's five best players and 10 of their best 15 are in the portal right now. Um, he's got to get most of those guys back. And, uh, and yeah, well, it is not a lock. Um, certainly they have a better chance with him than they would have bringing in somebody else. But, 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 but we'll, we'll find out what happens. All right. Well, again, uh, let, that's, that's his number one job right now is to get those guys or as many of them back into the fold at Tulane. Now, of course, my co-host today, you know very well, Matty Hudak, who roams the sidelines during the Tulane football games as the sideline reporter for the broadcast, and I know she has a couple of football questions for you. And, and Maddie, maybe, and Maddie, you may be the best Twitter follow out there. So anybody that has not, that has not followed Maddie Hudak on Twitter, you're, you're, you're losing out if you're not. Maddie Hudak <laughs> underscore 94, by the way. Thank you, Gary. <laughs> it's good to talk to you. Um, so yeah, Gary, Gary was there all of, uh, last season, uh, 
through the good and the bad, if you will. Uh, but, you know, they, there was a lot of turnover this offseason, almost, you know, an entirely new coaching staff, save for mm-hmm. you know, the head coach and the defensive coordinator and, and a couple other guys. Uh, but, um, you know, that, that spring game, uh, I think the idea with the draft had had a good intent, but to me, not having sincere Hainsworth at starting center for both Michael Pratt and Kai Horton made a little problematic. Kind of, yeah, uh, when you're you know not on the same page as your center, it's very hard to get things going. Uh, yeah. But you know, what were your takeaways from that that spring game, or, or what kind of unit uh, stuck out to you? Yeah, my, my takeaways from the whole spring, and I'll admit, usually I'm at every spring football practice. I actually missed quite a bit of spring football this year because they they. They took a bunch of them to the Saints indoors expecting rain. I was at the AAC basketball tournament for, for a couple of them. But, uh, yeah, they, they need to, Pratt needs to play better. Um, it, it, it's tough. What is he on his sixth offensive coordinator in six years dating back to high school or fifth in five years? Um, I don't, I, I feel like his head is still spinning a little bit. Um, he was not, he needs to be more accurate than he was in the spring. And, and, and yeah, I, I throw away the, the, the spring game for the reason you said the op, there was just no protection there. But even in, in the practices, their passing game wasn't as, as crisp as it even was um, last year <laughs> in, in the preseason. And, and that's the area. I, Michael Pratt, we saw his potential two years ago when he came in as a freshman. Um, if he can get back to that and, and improve with experience. This is a team that, that can do some good things, but, 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 but they're going to need that. And, and yeah, again, this, they, they, obviously they need the offensive line to play better, but, but having sincere, sincere Haynesworth in the first unit protecting him will, will make a huge difference there. Right. And, and, uh, you know, just to kind of wrap things up, but there, there were quite a few transfers, right? You know, there's, mm-hmm. uh, I believe, uh, Rashad Clayton, who's the running back. Yep. Um, and I Patrick believe a Jenkins, couple of yeah, the, and, yeah. and Lawrence Keys, who to me mm-hmm. would be my standout, um, you know, player that transferred. But what newcomer, uh, you know, transfer do you think is going to have the most impact this season? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I did not see a whole lot out of Lawrence Keys in, in, in the spring. He wasn't healthy for 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 part of the time. They, they certainly that's that's the area where they need the biggest upgrade because. Uh, Willie Fritz loves to talk about Division One caliber players, and Tulane at wide receiver really doesn't didn't not have many Division One caliber players last year. That was a that was a huge problem on the on the offense. So they absolutely need an influx of talent at that position, and, and a healthy Keys can can provide that. But I'd say Patrick Jenkins, the TCU transfer, because they 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 need a guy on the interior of the defensive line to step in and be a be a starter. Um, and I and I think he will provide that and and you can't have enough good defensive linemen and 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 i think he'll be huge on the interior of the defense next ball gary smith nola.com and the advocate good stuff my man i'll see you tomorrow at the meet and greet see you there you got it that is gary smith we come back the man the myth he is a legend as well scott craig chef scott craig is live at Kings. we will talk to him when we come back Raffin Hudak, Sports Hangover, live at Katie's 3701, Iberville, in the heart of Mid-City. We'll talk to the chef when we return on ESPN 100.3 FM.
It's Gus Cat and Gail with the Sports Hangover. Join us for Thursdays with the crew of Katie's. Every Thursday, we'll be live at a member of the Katie's family of restaurants from 12 to 3. Whether it's Katie's on Iberville, Francesca's Deli on Harrison, or BN View on Hickory. Enjoy lively sports banter with delicious eats. Join us as we talk about the latest from our local teams, and you'll likely hear me argue with Scott Craig about his St. Louis Cardinals and my Chicago Cubs. Good thing he's a Brother Martin grad. Thursdays from 12 to 3 is the Sports Hangover with the crew of Katie's on ESPN New Orleans. Is knee pain keeping you from living your best life? Get back into the swing of things with a robotic-assisted knee replacement from Thibodeau Regional Health System. Robotic-assisted knee replacement means greater precision and a joint replacement that's customized to your anatomy. And this could mean less pain and a quicker recovery. Most importantly, it can mean improving your quality of life. Learn more at Thibodeau.com. Advanced Eye Institute and Cutoff is your hometown eye care provider. Dr. Darby Chasson is here to serve the eye care needs of your entire family. Full-service eye medical and vision services are provided in a friendly atmosphere. For the latest in designer frames to advancements in astigmatism and bifocal contact lenses, call Advanced Eye Institute at 985-632-2884 for your appointment today or visit our website at visionsourceadvancedeyecutoff.com. Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams, and Max Kellerman. Dominique Foxworth with us now in studio. What's wrong, man? Nick, you not used to this? No, I'm not. I'm not built like y'all. You guys love it. It's not about the money, Max. You must love this. No, no, it's about the money. Show me the money! I'm sure it helps, but y'all all (laughs) got enough to not do this if you don't want to. GJ and Max, mornings on ESPN Radio. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Only one performance a day. Well, let's get this show on the road, eh? Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Welcome back, Sports Hangover. Todd Raffanini, Matty Hudak, Jordan the Graduate, live at Katie's, 3701 Iberville in the heart of Mid-City. Very interesting, Matty, talking to, of course, Matty Hudak is a Tulane alum, so she is vested as well. We'll wave. Being the Tulane football sideline reporter but uh, again i uh, called tulane baseball games for 27 years so got a vested interest in him by the way my brother keith will be inducted into the tulane hall of fame on uh october 7th so that's a big thrill for him my family and the whole deal having called uh every one of my brother's games at tulane with my mom sitting three rows in front of me with the headset on uh, it, it's it's kind of difficult to call games when your brother's playing because you take it personally Right, it's like when the dads uh, of some of the soccer players, when I was doing color for uh, VSN, Louisiana, they they were like, "I need you to kind of take this team because I can't talk to that coach." And and it's hard for them. Yeah, if your kid gets hurt on the field, especially, it's very hard to remain, you know, immediately impartial. Yeah, and all the uh, te- all his teammates were basically my little brothers as well. So uh, something bad happened. It uh, it was definitely expressed on the air, and I got a, got in trouble a bunch. Anyway, Scott. Craig is in the house. Hello, What's sir. Up, guys? The chef. So I've heard you for years, <clears throat> and I finally put a face on it. Really? That's <laughs> great. Yeah. But, Graf. Yes, sir. You yes. said you took it personally when your brother played at Tulane. Uh, yeah. One of your greatest positives on broadcasts is that you take it all personally. Correct. Yes. That's correct. You always have, whether it was with <clears throat> Tulane 
or now with the Pelicans, and that's what makes you so great. I, I appreciate it that, Scott. It is interesting but, to listen to. But I meant taking it personally where one time I ripped Louisville so bad I had to go apologize <laughs> to their head coach. Why? They probably Because I called them a bunch of classless. I called them classless. Well. If Ken Berthelot's listening, he knows this because he made me go apologize, which I really should have, but they were classless. Oh. I mean, this was 1998, well, by the let's way. Let's talk about that. I mean, sometimes even our fans can be classless. Well, I call their team classless. Especially the ones a little west of here. I mean, they can be difficult. They can be rough. Or in Alabama, what's worse than that? Ooh, you know what? You know? Oh, Scott Craig, I tell you, you just jogged my memory because... Let's go back to last weekend in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Where I was trying to get you to go. Where I deemed it a meteor regional. Yeah. You know what that means, Maddie? I, um, I'm lost. When two teams are on the field, just think San Francisco versus Atlanta in the NFL. Okay? It's a meteor regional or a meteor football game. It means when they're playing, you hope a meteor hits right in the middle right. of the field. Exactly. You know, um... I, I just I thought of those two fan bases, which uh, bantering. I am not I bantering thought, uh, back. George and forth. Kittle like uh, demolishing I, someone in the end zone, laughing hysterically correct. when he played the Falcons. So that's the memory that comes to my brain. Yeah, but no, but uh, just again having a, an extreme dislike for Southern Miss, and of course an extreme dislike for the school upriver. Uh, I just thought of both of those fan bases. Uh, walking out of the ballpark, P. Taylor Park, which I've called about 40 games there in my life, and it is a wonderful, wonderful place for college baseball. Is it? Oh, absolutely. It's awesome. It really is. But to I, think of both of those fan bases walking out at one time, and I'm going, my goodness gracious, that has to be just a, just, they've got to be yelling at each other walking, walking out of there. Unreal. <laughs> I'm going to pull up on that, but I know what you're saying. No, I, so um, anyway, but anyway, I just despise turf fields. Well, you I know, don't like it. They it used to be grass and and dirt, and I, I, again, it was a it just it's it's really more of a maintenance thing. And they get a lot of bad weather at Southern Miss, yeah. and they lose a lot of games due to due to weather. Yeah. So that you know, turf is just something that you have to do. But um, it was a very interesting regional, and I will say this publicly that the lesser of the two evils won. I I'll just, just go there. I, I'm an LSU fan too, but the fans can be. You think? Yes. When 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 I was doing Tulane baseball, my summer did not start until LSU was eliminated from whatever regional. And the problem that's, is, that's, most of those fans. I mean, I've did got a very sheltered life. Correct. Most of those fans didn't even go to LSU. No, I've got a very the fans sheltered that actually life. graduated from LSU are you know it's a different story. Uh, Scott, um, look. Maddie and I were talking about this, and this menu is so awesome, but it's just so hard to, to just to pick something A, and then you're going to eat this for lunch. There's no way you're walking out of here. I, I don't There's know what salads. I mean, that's a cop out, man. I mean, look at look at all this good stuff. Well, you know, we pride ourselves on having a menu that we execute very well, um, and it has something on it for everyone. I make jokes with with customers that come in. You're in here. You're seated here. I'll make you Chinese food. I appreciate you being here. It's, you know, just to be as fortunate as we have over the years to have the customer base that we have, I go overboard to make them happy. 
And my management sometimes over the years, and I've had a few different managers in the last 12 years since we've reopened. And I'm like, Scott, why are you doing that? Because somebody doesn't like something, you take care of it. Or if somebody doesn't have enough of something, you give them more. Or why do you give them your cell number? I said, because when they want to come back, I'd like to know so that we can take care of them when they're coming back. It's all, I mean, my cell number is all over the country, all over the all over the world. And I have no problem with giving that out because I can give people the service that we expect they should have at Katie's and Francesca and Bienvenue for that matter. And Maddie and I have been here pretty much. I've been here at 11. Maddie got here at about 1130. There's, it's been steady the entire time. And this the is slow. Time. Yeah. And the last time we were here was Cinco de Mayo. I didn't even realize it was Cinco de Mayo, and I know you were really... It was slow. You were kind of bummed out about it because the Jazz Fest was going on at the same time. And uh, it, it was just one of those one We of those always deals. recover from it. But yeah. I was bummed out because we do have quesadillas on the menu. <laughs> <laughs> and we have margaritas. <laughs> well, we look, there's... Uh, we're we're going to take a quick break, and you can hang on because Catherine Terrell is going to join us from awesome. from Saints Camp. Um, because uh, OTA just finished. We heard from Dennis Allen. I want to give Catherine as much time as possible. Sure. So, buddy, we're going to take a quick break, come back. We're going to hear from Catherine Terrell of The Athletic, uh, talk about OTAs. We're live at Katie's, 3701 Iberville. We're in the heart of Mid-City. Come on out. Again, people still here. It's a late lunch. You can have it, though. It's a Thursday. Don't worry about it. The menu is fantastic. We'll have get into it more. Beignet. Oh, boy. she's <laughs> She's very intrigued. She's very, very intrigued. It wins the Beignet Festival there you have every it. year. So, because it's different. Right. That's different. I, I think she's sold. All right, buddy, we're going to take a quick break. Come back with Catherine Terrell of The Athletic. Be back. 100.3 FM, ESPN New Orleans. Great news for our video poker players, Cash Magic LaRose has reopened. Yes, Cash Magic LaRose is open and bigger and better than ever in our brand new casino right here in LaRose on Highway 308. So come on in and win. You'll always be a VIP Cash Magic. Gambling problem 877-770-STOP. Spring is finally here. At Greg LeBlanc Toyota in Homa, we're ready with truckloads of fresh inventory arriving daily, plus fantastic deals like the all-new redesigned 2022 Toyota Tundra or the fuel-efficient class-leading MPG with Camry and Corolla. Greg LeBlanc Toyota is also giving you top dollar for your trade. Go ahead and shop the inventory online now at GregLeBlancToyota.com. These outstanding deals won't last long. Nope, Greg's got the deals. Shop South Hollywood Road Homa. You have a pest control problem? Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies has an experienced staff that can guide you with the products to use yourself for your home or business. They carry a full line of professional products for termites, mosquitoes, ants, wasps, fleas, bed bugs, mice and rats, or any other pest control needs you may have. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. Call 985-475-3314. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. Welcome to Allstate, where you can save just by being you. 
DriveWise and the Allstate mobile app gives you personalized driving feedback. And by adding it to your policy, you can save for driving safe just by being yourself. Allstate. Here, better protection costs a whole lot less. You're in good hands with Allstate. Click, call, or visit Allstate.com to save today. Not available in every state. Savings based on DriveWise and other safeguarding discounts. Savings vary. Subject to terms and conditions. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengap. Sports Hangover, Todd Raffinini, Matty Hudak, Scott Craig, Jordan the Graduate with you here at Katie's 37-1 Iberville in the heart of Mid-City. Well, the Saints just wrapped up another OTA. We heard some cuts from Dennis Allen just a little while ago. And uh, out at Saints camp on airline at the Osher Sports Performance Center is Catherine Terrell of The Athletic, who's waiting to go into the open locker room. Catherine, thank you so much for joining us today. I know you're getting set to get in the locker room, so, but we wanted to get you in here uh, today and talk about what you've seen in the OTAs the last couple weeks. Welcome to the show, Cat. Thanks for having me on, y'all. Uh, I'm kind of jealous you're sitting there in the air conditioning. Uh, well, see, they keep making fun of me for wearing a sweater, uh, and I'm just taking advantage <laughs> of that blessing. Cat, I'm sitting next to the door, so every time I'm, it opens, I get a blast of it's basically like a hair dryer. But it's so chilly in here that Maddie's got a sweater on. So there you have it. Well, it does get very cold in these restaurants. So I'm, I'm a cold-natured person. I understand. Well, Catherine. Uh, My spirit animal, both exactly, in temperature exactly, and uh, injury. Exactly. Uh-huh. Two peas in a pod right there with Maddie exactly. and Catherine. Uh, Very liable. Pod. Well, Catherine, a couple of weeks now, you've seen the team. I know you're not there for the entire portion, but just some basic observations that you've had in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it's been an interesting set of OTAs because there's so many vets not there, so it's almost hard to get a sense of what this team is going to be like. Uh, we did have two new faces there today. Uh, Mark Ingram was back. Uh, PJ Williams was back. But, you know, I think the main focus right now is how is Jameis looking? I think the fact that, you know, he came back what seemed pretty fast was a great sign. Um, you know, he's still he's still kind of limping around, but, um, you know, looks good for considering where he was um, back in uh, October and November. Um, but, yeah, I feel like we're not really going to know who this team is until next week when theoretically – Half the team returns, right? It feels it feels like half the team is gone right now. Yeah, and, and I feel like everyone kind of, not to say over-exaggerated, but there was this whole thing about Jameis Winston, you know, limping as if he didn't just have, you know, surgery, you know, six months ago. Uh, but everything seems to at least be, you know, progressing and, you know, moving forward in that aspect. And... To me, it's it's just a complete night and day thing from last year. You know, thinking of the uh, quarterback competition and, and who they were throwing to, and you know, there really wasn't any identity at all uh, until the season started. And so, is that something that you at least see being a little more solidified in training camp this season compared to last? Absolutely, and I think Jameis would tell you and has told us the same thing um you know he kept saying back when we talked to him uh earlier this spring that he didn't get time with sean payton as the number one quarterback you know he was in a competition with Taysom hill they split reps and that went on through most of training camp uh and so it almost felt like Jameis was 
just starting to hit his stride when he got hurt. So if you ask anyone around this team, and I've talked to, we've talked to a lot of assistants, we've talked to Dennis Allen, Dennis Allen, sorry. We've talked to Dennis Allen, and they all say how hard Jameis has worked to get to this point. It's almost a situation where they almost have to pull him back a little so he doesn't go too hard and ahead of schedule. So I think it's a great sign that he is already out there. You know, he's throwing with Chris Olave, you know, things like that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he takes this job and runs with it in training camp now that it is, you know, fully and completely his. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know if we necessarily expected that to draw out the way it did, but I always kind of felt like, you know, it got to a point where, okay, they just need to play a game because, you know, neither of them is pulling away and some people just don't in practice. But it really did make for, A, you know, not not much development. And, yeah, then you add in the hurricane and everything in the last preseason game getting canceled. And, and, you know, Jameis Winston did kind of get shafted in that way. And I agree that I really felt like he was, you know, turning a, a corner with a, a team that, you know, wasn't necessarily built for a quarterback when, again, we look at, the weapons that he had last year. So, you know, the fact that he's even getting reps in with Chris Olave and has a Chris Olave and has a Jarvis Landry and, and hopefully a Michael Thomas, uh, you know, that that seems to be totally different. But, you know, the same thing in those wide receiver one-on-one battles was the defensive back situation last year. You know, Paulson Adebo ended up becoming uh, a strong player, but, you know, a lot of the time we were kind of seeing Ken Crawley. It was hard to tell about that group. Uh, and there's been a lot of safety turnover as well. So, you know, how was the defensive side kind of matched up uh, compared to Winston and the offense? I think that's the other thing, as you just said, is, is kind of night and day. At this point last year, it's hard to even remember because they went through so many people in so many phases, but they did not have a number two cornerback. Uh, it, I think it was Patrick Robinson, but it yeah. could have even been someone else. You know, you had P-Rob, their tire, you had injuries, you had this and that, and um, now it, it seems like, the defensive back situation is settled enough that people are wondering, you know, how Alante Taylor is going to fit in. And I think that's a really good thing. Uh, Marcus May is still working his way back through an injury, but, you know, he is there and able to participate um, a little bit, which I think is a super positive sign. And then, of course, having a veteran like Tyron Matthew um, is not only exciting for the fans, but I think it's exciting for his teammates that, get to play with them. So I think there's a lot of good things to look forward to there. I'm trying to think of, like, what the biggest question is. And there's no huge holes this year. I think really defensively the biggest question just might be, can they keep these defensive linemen healthy? And if so, how good can they be? How good can Peyton Turner be? How good can Marcus Davenport be? Because both of them are on the field right now. Uh, so I guess that that's my biggest question, and I think that's a good problem to have. Again, talking with uh, Kat Terrell with The Athletic. Uh, that's that's a good point because you can talk about the secondary as long as you want, but, you know, it's it's ironic when you hear, you know, Sean Payton last year when they drafted Payton Turner say it's a passing game, so we defa- drafted an edge. But, you know, it all starts with the pass rush. Just look at the 9-0, you know, win against Tampa Bay last year. Uh, but especially when it comes to mobile quarterbacks and, you know, <laughs> they're lucky, I guess, to play uh, the Eagles a third time in a row and maybe get it right this time. But, yeah, that that line uh, and the health on that line was was definitely a, an issue last season. I know they signed a couple people like K. 
Contavia Street and things like that, but how is the interior of that line kind of shored up? You know, I, I know that there's those injury concerns with Davenport and Turner on the edge, but who really is there on that interior uh, opposite Onyemata? Would it be Tano Passignon? No, I mean, I guess right now if you look at it, it's, it's probably Shai Tuttle, right? He kind of won that, um, he kind of won the job by default last year. Um, so that's kind of interesting. And that's actually something that I haven't really, I feel like we talked about a lot leading into the draft, but I haven't really thought about it that much during OCA for whatever reason. Maybe it's because they're not pads, so sometimes with the linemen, it's like out of sight, out of mind almost. If you're looking at other positions that you could kind of um, figure out more without the pads. But, uh, yeah, that's going to be an interesting battle, I think, going into training camp. Um, probably one of the few actual battles on the defensive side outside of maybe maybe linebacker. Not really, though, because I think it would be Davis and Werner. So uh, there's not that many questions there either. Hey, Catherine, this is Scott Craig from Katie's. How are you? I'm um, doing great. How are you? Good. I, I'm great. I, I think, you know, I've got a lot more confidence in this team than national prognosticators do for sure. But has how's Peyton Turner been doing? Has he been practicing? He has not yet. I actually did run into him in the locker room the other day. We chatted for a minute. Um, he is there. He's doing work off to the side. And it's kind of at this point how much the trainers are allowing him to do. I think there is hope that he's going to be able to participate in minicamp. Uh, but I'm not sure whether he's going to be given that green light. Um, so he is progressing, which I think is a good sign. Uh, I have not seen Marcus Davenport uh, at all yet. So the mm. fact that I have seen Turner is good. But, um, yeah, having haven't gotten to see him do anything yet, though. And, you know, I'm hearing a lot about Alante Taylor. Um I, I, I missed what you said about him earlier. Has he been practicing and looking good? He has. And the thing I like about him is that, you know, he's a really confident guy. I, I think that kind of jumps out. And I kind of love seeing that in a young guy. Uh, he's going to right now be more of a cornerback than a safety. I know some people speculated maybe he moves to safety. I think right now they see him as a corner. Um, but I... I don't know quite how he fits in yet, considering they already, at least as of last year, had their established corners. So it's going to kind of be fun to see if he can make that jump and if he can push anyone for a starting job. I do think he's going to play a lot of special teams, too. So I can definitely see them getting him on the field pretty quickly on special teams. Yeah, I've heard a lot about him being a really good gunner. Um, Just to kind of wrap this up, there's so many position groups we could talk about, but kind of the three to me that still are somewhat of a question mark on the offensive side, and that would be the running back room, the tight end group, and the offensive line. Uh, Which one of those do you think is, you know, I I guess the biggest area of weakness uh, for this team? That's a great question. Uh, I don't see the offensive line as a weakness. I I do think they're a question mark. Obviously, at left tackle, that's a big question mark. Um, Probably tight end. I mean, that's such an interesting room because all of those tight ends come from very different backgrounds. You know, you got the guy, you got Juwan Johnson who just converted from wide receiver. You got Lucas Kroll who's an undrafted rookie. Uh, presumably you have Taysom Hill when he's healthy. Uh, so a lot of these guys in the tight end room have a lot to prove. 
that makes it interesting for reporters because I, I don't think anyone there has a set spot. But, uh, you know, as far as competition goes, I think they all kind of need to take that next step. Running back, I mean, obviously, once Kamara comes back, you have Kamara. But who plays next to him? I don't think that's set in stone either. Presumably, it's Mark Ingram, but maybe it's someone like Abram Smith, who's an undrafted rookie free agent. Uh, so, way more questions there than, than maybe on the offensive line as far as who's going to play. Catherine Terrell from The Athletic, outstanding stuff. As always, next time we're going to have to get you out here to the restaurant. I know you got duties in the locker room, but please come on out next time here at Katie's. Uh, we'd love to have you. I would love to come out to Katie's, so hopefully soon once minicamp's over. All right, Catherine, we will see you very, very soon. That is Catherine Terrell of The Athletic. She is out there on airline covering Saints OTAs, and, of course, you can read her stuff from The Athletic. We are live at Katie's. We are through two hours now. We come back. We are going to talk to Ali Cassell of the Bird Rights, talk a little Pell's offseason. Of course, the draft's coming up, and we will discuss what he has seen in the NBA Finals. It is Todd Graffinini. It is Matty Hudak. It is Scott Craig. It is Jordan the Graduate. We are here at Katie's 3701, Iberville, in the heart of Mid-City. Hour number three, the sports hangar coming up after this. At Boost Mobile, you get the power of 